Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Appreciate y'all hopping on to another episode of the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. On this episode, we're heading north to tie NFC North teams and their fantasy outlooks for the season. Ike. Of course, he's the other host of the show. How you doing today, bro? Teams have reported to training camp, so I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> seeing some, seeing some uh, Kansas City Chiefs report to training camp, so it is slowly but surely football season around the corner. So yeah, we're 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 getting it popping. So I'm looking forward to you know diving into these teams, though. Yeah. So before we get into the teams, let's you know let's talk about some of the newsworthy items that kind of popped up within like the last week or so. Um, you know, the most polarizing one was that the franchise tag came in past and the players that we were hoping, uh, primarily the running backs, were hoping that they got something done. You, we heard things like Jacobs was in the parking lot, chilling, waiting for the contract to be you know, finalized and everything. And it just didn't happen for him in terms of the money wise. We see Barkley going out on, on a podcast talking, you no. Know, I could be like F the Giants, this and that, but that that's not really who I am. And then Pollard, everybody expected Pollard not to get anything done. So yeah, you knew you, know, you knew the Cowboys weren't gonna get that done. <laughs> like that's that's what they do. Like they don't get they don't get they don't get these these franchise tags. Uh, nah, players done. especially a running back. Are you kidding me? <sighs> nah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So what are your thoughts? And then, oh, before even that, I, I saw a tweet about you no. Know, a bunch of running backs like we're in a group chat and they're like, hey, let's tweet out our, you know, our distaste for how that we're getting handled. And we saw we saw a few of them go out there, and, you know, and, and tweet their displeasures or whatnot. You saw Eckler go on his uh, his campaign talking about he wanted to hear from owners. Owners ain't going to talk to you, bro. You need to yeah. you need to go talk. You need to go talk to the owner that you, you presently work for, not not hearing from other owners. So what are your what are your thoughts about the whole, you know, the running backs not getting paid? Well, not getting their long-term contracts. Uh, I mean, before. I mean, they they've NFL owners in, in these franchises. They've shown us how valuable they believe running backs are these days, right? So, I wasn't overly confident that any of these running backs were going to agree to long-term deals because I think the last big money deal that was signed by a running back that were that 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 was well north of ten million dollars was it was Nick Chubb back in twenty twenty one. So that was over 700 days ago so like that that's the last that's the last time 
that's a lot. Or was it Derrick Henry? I can't remember who. I can't remember who signed. Uh, it was probably it was probably Nick Chubb was later than him, I believe. Yeah. So I mean, look, it, it's it, it's not a good time to be a running back in the NFL. It's it is it is not. And I and to your point about Austin Eckler, it just pissed him off again because he was already disgruntled about how he wasn't getting valued and how he looked at other wide backup wide receivers and how they he's getting less than them and he's been way more productive than them. So, uh, and then it, it just, it didn't make sense to him because the Chargers were asking multiple high draft picks for him, but they weren't going to pay him, you know, what he was worth. So, which is it? Is it Uchi Wiley or is it one mic? Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's, it is a, it is a sad state of affairs for the running back position. And this is what, this is, this is something that that's going to have to be taken back to the, to the CBA and, back to the negotiating table to get them some more money and maybe there's some some sort of solution that they come that, can, that they can come to at some point in the future but as of right now nah it, it's it's not good it's not good not good at all uh does this affect how you draft you know jacobs or barkley because you know they're going pretty early in terms of running backs that you're choosing what the end of the first maybe by mid-second both of them are gone so is that affecting you in any manner I'd say I'd say slightly, but I'm not overly overly panicked right now. When the season starts and they have not, let's say let's say September first hits and they still haven't reported, then you could start kind of worrying about it right now. But just buy the dips. I think you just need to buy the dips right now because you know there's there's about a month there's about a, a couple of months left until the season starts, and I've seen drafts where Saquon Barkley is now at the end of the second round, going into the third round. So he's he's free falling. Josh Jacobs in, in the range that he's going, he's he's free falling as well. And so these are these are guys that you can get some discounts on. And let's say something something miraculous happens to where they report middle of August, ADP is going to go back up, and you were able to get a little bit of a discount in in with with this uh, with this recent news. Yeah, for me, this this news, especially for Barkley, doesn't move me at all. Like I. Talking about the podcast, this dude basically was saying, basically telling him, telling on himself without out, outright saying it that he's gonna he's gonna play. Like there's, I don't, even, I'm not even, I don't even think he's gonna miss any time. He's just not gonna show up the training camp, honestly, unless they have some kind of you know, underlying agreement. But he pretty much said that he's gonna play because that's really not in his nature, like to you know skip out on his teammates or whatnot. So, yep, Jacobs. I mean, even the same thing. I mean, they just don't have leverage on on top of everything else. Like, you can play your six. I don't even know if they're going to go as far as playing like six, seven games and just be like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm hurt. I can't play." They could do that, but I don't know. I don't know how likely it is. But I think both. I think all. I mean, I think both of them are going to be playing week one. Honestly, well, let me let me ask you this. So, out of both of these running backs. Obviously, Josh Jacobs led the NFL in rushing last year. He had a phenomenal year, and then Saquon Barkley had a resurgence. Which of these running backs, hypothetically speaking, does have a, a little leverage? Now, the, their leverage is, is very, very low right now. But if one of these running backs had a little leverage, which one do you think it is? I would, as, mm, I would assume it would be Jacobs because he's younger than Barkley. I think Jacobs is still 24 going on 25. So I would assume that he would you know, use his age as a, a leveraging you know chip for the franchise but 
I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it just, it's just not looking good. But I think my choice would be Jacobs. I think my choice is Barkley, only because he's on a better team. He's on a better team. He's on a playoff mm-hmm. team. That's and true. He was very, very instrumental in their success last year by having that, you know, that that big resurgence in, in Daniel and helping Daniel Jones and helping um, you know, Brian Dable last year in, in, in 2022. So I, I think I think Barkley probably has a little bit more leverage and. Um, but yeah, like you said, he told on himself he's gonna probably be there yeah. week one. And on in Josh Jacobs' case, they're a bad team. They don't know what they're doing. And over there in Las Vegas, they like Samir White a lot. They talk glowingly about him. Now I don't I don't know what that means in terms of him getting getting snaps, getting playing time. There were rumors about Josh Jacobs potentially being traded, or and then they talked about landing spots. Hmm. Philadelphia, Miami, all these different landing spots about Josh Jacobs. So that's just kind of one thing to keep to keep in mind. But I think if any one of these running backs has has leverage, and it doesn't seem like any of these running backs do have you know much leverage at all, but I think it's Barkley. I think it's Barkley for me because he's, he's, okay. he's I didn't I, I didn't realize that there was any trade rumors for Jacobs. Um, you know, they talked glowingly about Zamir White last year and. This dude couldn't – he couldn't even get on the field in front of, you know, a doula. So, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. All right, um, D-Hop, he uh, – we said – you said it last week convincingly that he's not going to the Patriots, and Vegas knows, and they know. He went to Tennessee, two he's, for 26, can make settled. up to 32. Yeah. He settled, like I said. I was like, look, when, when those odds shifted, he, sh- he, he was settling. He was settling. Yeah. He knew that he wasn't going to get a, a big deal anywhere else. He knew that. Mm-hmm. And it, it was it was funny that pe- there was a lot of tweets saying that I can't believe he chose Ryan Tannehill over Mac Jones. Get out of. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are it's not you, that much different. <laughs> but, but Ryan Tannehill has been I mean, he's 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 turned in some pretty good fantasy years. Right. Back to back 2020, 2019 and 2020. He was like the QB nine mm-hmm. in fantasy. And he was, you know, top 10 or top 12 in, in a lot of these advanced QB metrics. Where's Mac Jones? Like, Mac Jones is, in fantasy, he's 25th and 27th 25th. in fantasy points yeah. per game over the last, yeah. over his first two NFL seasons. I, Ryan Tannehill, he, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't talk glowingly about Ryan Tannehill because of how bad he's been lately. But over the course of time, at least since the la- over the last, like, three or four years, he's been the better quarterback for sure. And so, uh, but it, I mean, this signals that Tennessee is ready to make a playoff run. I mean, at, look, they were up 16 to 13 in the fourth quarter of that game in, at Jacksonville in week 17 or week 18. They almost made the playoffs with Malik Willis or Josh Dobbs, whoever was playing quarterback. Yeah, Josh so, Dobbs. Yeah, Josh Dobbs. <laughs> and so getting, getting DeAndre Hopkins, second year of Traylon Burks, I mean, they could. They could push for something, but you know, at least Jacksonville is right now. It, I mean, we'll talk about the AFC South uh, next week, but Jacksonville at least they appear to be the class of that that division. But I mean, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, where do you where do you think he's where where, where are you drafting in the fantasy right now? Um, I know underdog drafts. Where was he going? He was going. Um, he was going like mid third. A few weeks ago, when nobody knew his destination, um, now 
yeah. I would imagine I would imagine that it might have dropped some. I mean, I would I would say that I I don't want to depend on my, I I don't want him to be my first wide receiver. I'll say that. So probably the fifth round, fifth or sixth round, I feel comfortable. I don't want him to be my one because I don't I don't trust his offense. I know he's gonna be the number one there. I don't know what the targets are going to look like. I know that defense is going to be trash, so potential they could be running more plays. I don't know if they want to speed up, you know, speed up their 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 how they how they play a little bit more. Maybe it gives a, a better chance for him to you know return possible wide receiver one numbers this year. Um, but yeah, I don't fifth or sixth round. I would I would feel cool about drafting him. He is the wide receiver. 24 so he's he is a basically at the end of the wide receiver two range right now so pick 44 so pick 44 okay and so that's what fourth round third round fourth round fourth round fourth round about fourth round almost i think that's i think that's appropriate i think that's appropriate because if you look last year he was on his he was on a pretty good trajectory he averaged nearly 11 targets a game uh he was pacing to you know, close to 180 targets. So he was he he was pretty productive in his short stint last you know, last season with the Cardinals after that six game suspension. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think he has probably a couple of year, maybe a year or two, a, a good year or two left. We are worried that Tennessee is the is the place that some of these veteran wide receivers towards mm-hmm. the end of their career go to die. Hopefully Hopkins, hopefully Hopkins is not enjoying that graveyard with Randy Moss and Andre Johnson. And Julio Jones, hopefully he doesn't succumb to any of those. So we'll see. I, I I think, you know, like you said, he is going to be the number one. He is going to command a lot of targets, and on a run first offense, especially on a, in, a, in a, on a team that's, you know, we 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 suspect that they're going to have a consolidated target share with just three players, right? Because we've seen. I mean, Ryan Tannehill I mean, is, is is as much as we give him as much as we give him crap. And like I said, he's been pretty good. You know, we've seen recent recent stints of him being pretty good. You know, 20, 2019 and twenty twenty, he can kind of support a couple of top twenty four options, maybe top thirty six options. So, and th- and this obviously re you know uh, reinforces the fact that Traylon Burks is a discount. And he's a, he is a value now because his ADP is going to be dropping. I think literally the day. That DeAndre Hopkins officially signed with the Titans. I did a draft and I got Traylon Burks t- like twelve spots past ADP. Mm. So he's he's dropping and people aren't people aren't aren't rocking with him. I'll I'll gladly scoop up some of those some some of those uh some of those dips. I will gladly scoop that up. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, like you said, last year we saw Robert Woods lead their their raw receiver room in terms of targets with eighty three. Five hundred and twenty-seven yards. The lead lead their team also, which is porous. You said Robert in, Woods. Yes, in Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert Woods played for. I mean, yeah, eighty-three target. I don't. I feel like he wasn't even on the field for. Bruh, it, I, I know it seemed that way, but he led he led the team with targets, and 527 yards led led their team in yards. You sure is, you're not looking? You sure you're not looking at another year? 
it, it seems yes. it seems pretty ridiculous that Robert Woods. Yes, bro. Yes. That's Robert Woods. Crazy to me. <laughs> so um that's why a lot of people worry because you I mean obviously D Hop is better than Robert Woods, but just you know, just looking at the numbers, it's just it's scary. You just hope that they you know you you got this you got this weapon and you actually you know gonna 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 use it properly. So he was so forgotten last year, bro. bro. So forgotten, bro. Six six point eight fantasy points a game. He played all seventeen games. <laughs> he played all seventeen. How did how, no, yeah no no wonder I didn't think he existed because he was he was basically a, nothing. He, he gave you nothing. He gave nothing. you nothing. He was the wide receiver eighty one in points per game. But yeah, that's 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 gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Let's get off of them, man. I don't have anything else. Let's go ahead and talk about AFC, mm-hmm. NFC North teams. The first thing I want to talk about is the Lions, that you know the darlings of everybody's hearts and desires and for fantasy, and and hopefully, hopefully they turn it around and you know make it to the playoffs this year. Um, the moves that they made, obviously the biggest one we saw them make during the draft was they traded DeAndre Swift to the Eagles for fourth. They lost DJ Chark to the Car- uh, Carolina Panthers. They signed Marvin Jones from the Jags. He brought him back home. They signed <laughs> David Montgomery from from the rival Bears to replace to replace the loss of uh, Jamal Williams, who went to the Saints. They drafted Jam- Jameer Gibbs in the first round. They drafted Sam Laporta in the second, and they drafted Hendon Hooker in the third. Out of those moves, which ones do you think or which one do you think is the most fantasy impactful this coming year? Oh, by by far the running back position, right? They just completely turned over the running back room. For whatever reason, they hated DeAndre Swift's guts and they decided to, to ship him off for a for a, a, a throwaway pick, right? A throw, a, a basically, a, it's the equivalent of adding a, a 2027 fourth in, in a dynasty trade. That's that's basically what they threw away DeAndre Swift for. It, it it doesn't make any sense how why they hated him so much. But um, and then conversely, they signed Jameer or they drafted Jameer Gibbs to the twelfth overall pick. Completely shocking everybody. Nobody you know expected him to be in the top ten, top fifteen, let alone even in the first round. Most mock drafts had him late first at mm-hmm. the at, at, you know at the at the most in early second, right? Uh, and then you know David Montgomery. It's it's a it's 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 an upgrade for from Jamal Williams because he's more elusive. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll dive more into those metrics later a little bit later. But uh, it's you know they gave him some pretty decent money three years twenty one million dollars. So that's re- you know replacing that running back room. I, I think that's the biggest uh, the the biggest uh, set of moves that they made that's going to be the most fantasy impactful. Yeah yeah I agree with you there. Because uh, usually you don't really see rookie tight ends really do much, um, and the Lions were one of the lowest teams in terms of using the tight end position, targeting the tight end position. Period. So I don't expect I don't expect Laporta to do that much, but yeah, I agree overall in terms of it should be Jameer Gibbs. Key players. First off, we want to talk about the quarterback position. We got Jared Goff, who, who's right now going quarterback seventeen around one thirty in underdog dress right now. He finished quarterback 10, but uh, quarterback 14 in fantasy points per game. Um, fantasy points per draft back, he was .48, which was you know middle of the pack, 15th in the league. He led the league in terms of turnover, uh, INT ratio of 4 to 1. Um, 
know, he's a guy that played really good at home. I think he turned the ball over like three times. And then like on the road, he was you know just god awful. I think he had six touchdowns and nine interceptions uh, on the road, which is, you know, again, god awful. So <laughs> fantasy wise, if people were really paying attention, they hopefully they had, you know, another quarterback. You know, they had on their rosters the the play on those road games. Um, and then under CPOE, he was 29th, but he was eighth in EPA per drop back. So which is a little, you know, it's crazy to see like those those numbers. So like, you know, opposite on opposite ends of the spectrum. But again, this this was a team that was on uh, their offense was on the field a lot. So and they put up a lot of points. So it makes sense in terms of you know EPA per for drop back that he was on the higher end of the in the league. So uh, you got any anything to add to Jared Goff? I mean, I think Jared Goff is 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 fine where he's going in drafts. QB 17, but you're not drafting. He's not one of those guys that you can draft by himself, right? You have to have him with Amaron St. Brown. You have to have him with any, you know, any other pass catcher on the Lions. Jamison Williams, who we'll, you know, we'll, we'll touch on here in a little bit. Or maybe even his boy Marvin Jones at the last, well, the very very last pick. I'm not really drafting him that much, uh, Marvin Jones. But, um, but yeah, I think Jared Goff. I mean, he he has shown the ability to support multiple top twenty four options. Just go back to his days with the Rams, with you know with uh, you know Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks. You know those guys, that trio of receivers, especially that year in 2018 when he went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's had some pretty good fantasy years. Look back to 2017 where he's QB ten. And then QB uh, QB eight, I'm sorry, QB nine in twenty nine and twenty eighteen, and then a bunch of men in, in, in across those other years. And his rookie year, QB thirty two, uh, twenty nineteen, QB twenty one, twenty twenty, QB twenty three, uh, QB twenty two in twenty twenty one, and then last year was QB fourteen in points points per game. So you, you get a, you get a mixed bag uh, with Jared Goff. But Jared Goff does have weapons this year. He does have a lot to throw to in the passing game, with especially at the running back position. Amon Ross St. Brown, target magnet, uh, and then a rookie, Sam Laporta, who's probably going to command targets from day one because there's no tight ends of consequence on that depth chart that can threaten them. So I think at least Jared Goff from a, from a arsenal, you know, or a weapon standpoint, I think he's, I think he's sitting pretty, pretty he's sitting pretty, but he's not going to give you that much more upside, especially in the range that he's going uh, at QB yeah. 17. So I think, you know, just got to stack them with some with or correlate him with somebody and then you'll I think that's that's the way to go um, in basketball. Yeah, yeah, I believe even in redraft, you know, it's somebody that you're kind of confident in um but like you said I I feel like it was a, a little more of a he kind of overachieved a little bit just because due to how bad the defense it was and he, they had to put up a lot of points I think this year their defense is you know, they've added pieces on that defense and I think they're going to be a little bit better so he might not have to be relied on as much in terms of you know him having to throw the ball a lot and making play, plays with his arm. So um, onto the running back room, we got David Montgomery, who we've already talked about. He's going running back 24 right now, 79th overall on underdog. And then we got Jameer Gibbs, who's a rookie running back from Alabama. He's going RB 13 right now, 38th overall. Um, what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts about you no? Know, their their uh their places are where they're going in the draft right now. Uh before before I get into that, I mean it's I think it's worth noting that this running back room last year, they led the league in expected fantasy points um, at the running back position. And all those basically all those running back targets that that you know that that took place last year are, are, are no longer there. As a matter of fact, they have over two hundred plus 
vacated targets from 2022 and you know how they're going to distribute them a lot of them a lot of that's going to have to do is going to be distributed to the running backs because they didn't really upgrade the receiver position they they were hopeful for Jamison Williams to make his return back from the ACL tear but he got he got himself suspended right he got himself suspended um, but with this with this running back room, I mean, last year they had two top twenty running backs in points per game. So it's just like, what 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 are we going to expect from this running back room this year? Um, I mean, where they're where they're being drafted though. However, where they're being drafted, I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm coming around more on Jameer Gibbs because I was, before I was I was kind of out on him because I thought you know RB thirteen was 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 way too high and I thought that was you know rookie. A, a lot of rookie fever because you know as soon as the draft ended there was a ton of rookie fever a lot of these rookies were being were getting pushed up ridiculously we saw b john robinson being the second uh, running back drafted i saw in many in many drafts he was the first running back drafted over christian mccaffrey which was crazy to me uh, but i think i'm coming around a little bit more on on jameer gibbs in on this backfield and i don't i won't mind like having you know, having shares of either one of them, right? I I won't mind having shares of Jameer Gibbs. I won't have I won't mind having shares of David Montgomery. But I think when it's all said and done, I'm probably going to have more shares of Jameer Gibbs because of the upside that he possesses um, in the passing game, in the passing game because he was elite in college as a pass catcher, especially when he was at Georgia Tech uh, before he transferred to Alabama. Uh, he broke out at an early age at Georgia Tech and he caught I think 25 passes. Um, in his first his first year at Georgia Tech, um, he had like over three yards per route run uh, in his you know first couple of years at Georgia Tech. So that's elite for a running back in college. Um, and then his last year in Alabama, he caught 44 passes, which was which is still really really good um, for that Alabama offense. And it, the efficiency wasn't as good, but it was still I think his yards per route run was was like 1.85, like just shy of two. So it's I mean again elite, right? He's an elite pass catcher. Um, I don't really have that many concerns about his size because 199 pounds. Okay, fine. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, if if he's going to be deployed as a pass catcher, we don't really need him to rush the ball that much. That's where David Montgomery comes in. Um, and then just real quick, one note about Jameer Gibbs and just any running back or over the last, I don't know, every over the last decade, running backs that were drafted in the top 12, They've all gone on to finish as an RB1 as a rookie. They've all gone on to finish as an RB1 as a rookie. So uh, it's wheels up for Jameer Gibbs. So I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. So the running back room with uh, between Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift last year, they've, they've left the 81 targets available. Uh, David Montgomery, we've already seen the course of his career that he can catch the ball. And we already seen J- – uh, Jameer's profile and what he did in college. So to me, I feel like they should be able to, you know, target these guys a little bit more than they did last year. Overall, they targeted the room at 107 targets, which was like 14th or 15th, basically mid-pack. I, I want to say that they are probably going to see a few more targets, you know, coming this way between these two. So I can definitely see, you know, Jameer, you know, coming around that you know, RB18 or RB15 range where, you know, Swift and, and uh, Jamal fit, finished last year just uh, just on the sheer ability for him to catch the ball. Um, and then real quick for David Montgomery, uh, we did see him last year, you know, you know, had the lowest yards per carry, lowest receiving yards, lowest receptions, lowest receiving yards for his career this past season. 
him getting a three-year deal with the Lions, who has a better offensive line, offense in terms of like how they're structured and uh, Ben Johnson calling the plays, should get him in a little more you know advantageous you know spots to you know be more productive. I mean, he was the least efficient running back. Uh, he's been the least efficient running back the, the past four years in terms of just pure rushing uh, matrix, uh, matrix that you want to go by. So hopefully this looks better. Uh, him at least taking the, the Jamal Williams role should land him to around RB, you know, back into RB2 range itself because, you know, Jamal Williams took 60% of the red zone carries themselves, 73% of the carries inside the 10, 84 inside the five, uh, which was the most at 28 in the league. So, you know, him just getting around there should get him a lot of opportunities to be able to finish way higher than he did, did, did this past season. And, and and the one I know I know uh, what you mentioned. Um, David Montgomery's like efficiency wasn't the greatest, but one thing he was he's always been good at is is forcing missed tackles. Right, he had the fourth most uh, uh, missed tackles forced um, in the league behind you know Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, and, uh, and Derrick Henry. Um, and then his his, uh, his his he had the highest uh, forced missed tackle um, rate per attempt. Uh, at like 0.31 and just for context like Jamal Williams in that same in that same metric finished 41st in 2022 so he was he's better at at, at forcing missed tackles um and that's always been something that he's been really good at even dating back to his his days at Iowa State he's always been breaking breaking tackles and so mm. um so yeah that's that's one thing that David Montgomery is is still is still good at and you know again he gets he can catch passes and that's why I said it's a, it's an upgrade over Jamal Williams because if you if you can make plays if you can create yards and you can catch the ball things that Jamal Williams didn't do a great a great job of last year it's it's an automatic upgrade and he's gonna get all those all that um all that red zone work I mean Jamal Williams had 38 goal to go rushes last year which was absolutely insane 38 goal, 38 goal to go rushes 60 red zone carries and uh, and the Lions are projected to be much better this year. Because they're they're projected to win the division or favored to win the division. They're favored. I think uh, uh, I think their Vegas win totals around nine. Is it nine wins? Mm-hmm. Nine nine and a half wins. And so and that's and that's the highest in the NFC North. So Minnesota's going to take a step back. Green Bay is in a transition year. Chicago. I mean, they they were the number they were the number one. They had the number one overall pick before they traded it to to Carolina. So this it's lining up for Detroit to be better and. If you have a positive game script and you're going to be a better offense, you're going to have more scoring opportunities, especially at the goal line. So, yep, this this it's wheels up for uh, for for this for this backfield in general. I'm a, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty in on this backfield. I I, I can definitely hear it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Quick question before I ask the actual big question for you no know, for the Lions. Can you tell me who was second in yards on this team last year receiving yards? Uh, it's either Josh Reynolds or Khalif Raymond. It's Khalif Raymond. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> that just that just like puts in perspective, you know how how much below, like just nothing behind, really behind Amara St. Brown in terms of you know receiving wise. Obviously, DeAndre Swift was a force, but he he wasn't second in receiving yards, but he was second on the team and in target. receptions and targets. Yeah. So it's just crazy. So, which leads me to my question for the Lions is, with the 238 available targets for the whole team period, who do you think is going to be the number two option in this offense? 
Well, um, we were we were hoping that it was going to be Jamison Williams, but he got himself mm. suspended for gambling. So mm. so that so he can he can learn his lesson and and maybe play some more bets on Bavada and uh, through through his other through his other people, and hopefully he doesn't right. lose any of these parlays. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean it's a tough one. I, mean, I, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna evenly distribute. Well, not evenly distribute, but I think you're you're gonna see you're gonna see a spread of you know the the, the running backs. You're gonna see, you know, some Sam Laporta get mixed in, and look, I mean, Khalif Raymond was second on the team in targets, or second second on the team in receiving yards last year. He may get some looks as well because he's still an explosive guy. He can still get down the field and he can give you a lot of yak um, in any given moment in time. So it's it's gonna be a combination of a lot of people because we know Amon Ross St. Brown is awesome, and you know he's he he's a first round, basically a borderline first round pick in fantasy drafts this year. A wide receiver nine finishes a wide receiver seven last year, and he was eighth in targets. And so I, 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 don't, I it's it's a, it's a mixed bag, but I think it's going to be a combination of like the running backs, and then maybe Khalif Raymond, and then maybe uh, and Sam Laporta in that order. Okay, okay, um, yeah, I think I actually agree with you here. I think it'll be the combination of the running backs would be the probably number two option. Honestly, I just they I. I just feel like they'll probably trust them a little bit more than some of these options with without you know Jameson Williams. But you you still got you still got Marvin Jones. I know I know he's old, but he's he he's he, I think he's pretty he's pretty dependable with the hands. So the, the uh, one he, thing the one thing we can sorry the one thing you can point to with the Lions though is that you're you're kind of disappointed they didn't do more at wide receiver, right? I mean they yeah, they should have they should have signed another guy, maybe drafted another guy of you know of, of you know that that's worthy enough because. This this receiving core, you don't have much depth behind Amon Ross St. Brown. Because mm-hmm. again, we don't know anything about about Jamison Williams, a guy that was stuck in a rotation last year and he didn't have a single game of over twenty five percent of the snaps. Nope. He only Not had me. one catch when he came back. When he came back healthy, he's only had one catch on nine targets. His first catch. His first catch yeah. was a forty one yard touchdown when he was yep. on a blown coverage. Yep. And then his other now- eight targets didn't catch him. Yeah. So it, it it's not a it's not a it's not a lot to look at with Jameson Williams. I mean, he just wasn't. And he he caught that one he caught that one uh that one in route on that Sunday night game. He took it to the house, but it was called back due to penalty. Mm-hmm. So we saw a little bit of his his explosiveness, and we saw we saw the look of that guy that we had at Alabama. But again, like we didn't we didn't see much from Jameson Williams. Yeah, he wasn't really on the field. Correct. All right, so we've already talked about Amaran St. Brown going wide receiver nine, 14th overall. So basically, the beginning of the second. Uh, no, one thing of note is that 30% of his targets went for 15 plus yards last year. He was six in red zone receptions and red zone touchdowns. And then since he's came into the league these past two years, he's eighth in in uh, receptions, total receptions behind Jefferson, Tyreek, Adams, Cup, Diggs, Kelsey, and Godwin. Those are the only people that have more. So just crazy what this this guy that that people just didn't want to didn't want to draft because they thought he was too small what now now look at him um just killing everybody um i mean there's really no other wide receivers behind almiron say brown we talked about jmo but again he's missing the first six games um i, I don't even know yeah it's just it it sucks because there's so much hype hype about uh, around him because of what he did his only year at Alabama it comes into the league trying to recover from the ACL. Then now he's second year, you know, first year removed from the ACL and he's, uh, you know, he's out again because of, you know, the torn AC, uh, because of the gambling. 
you got Marvin Jones, who I talked about already. He's, you know, the old dependable guy. And you got Josh Reynolds and Cooley Raymond, guys that you can pretty much all draft for free. Um, the tight end room, we've already, I mean, Brock Wright, uh, Zane was, I don't even, even James, know. James Mitchell. James Mitchell. Yeah. Just like Sam Laporta, just guys that I don't, I don't know if I want to dabble in any, anything in here. I know Sam Laporta is the highest, the highest drafted tight end in the room. He's tight end 20 going 165th overall. Um, he was the second tight end drafted in the draft. Uh, Jared, uh, Jared Goff targeted tight ends at 17.2% last year, which was the sixth lowest in the league. So again, just you can get them at the end of your drafts if you want. I just, I'm just not going to even bother with, with the rookie tight end, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, if, if, you're you're trying if if you want to punt though I mean if you want to punt the the, the the tight end position and then you want to have a fallback option with Sam Laporta I mean he, his situation sets up pretty well no competition high draft capital pretty athletic had some decent production and he was drafted over Michael Mayer who was who was more productive than him in college and that and that accounts for something so uh, they 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 plan on using him and especially with this gap that they have a wide receiver. And we're not entirely sure how they're going to distribute the targets. We can only speculate that, you know, the running backs are going to get some, then then Laporta, then Khalif Raymond, and then the dusty 33-year-old Marvin Jones. Well, who knows? Who knows? But I, I, I think, yeah, that there's there's not a lot behind, a lot of, not a lot of confidence behind uh, Amon Ross St. Brown until Jameson Williams gets back. Shipping gears to the next team we want to talk about is the Chicago Bears. They they originally had the number one pick until they traded it to Carolina Panthers, and they got wide receiver DJ Moore in return from Carolina, which was a a shocking trade. He was basically used as a throw-in <laughs> for the most part. So not not a lot of people saw that one coming. But this is year three for Justin Fields, and one thing you see with you know, these third-year quarterbacks is some of these GMs they want to go for it and they want to provide their third-year signal caller with a top-flight wide receiver. Um, And a couple of other moves that they made, they signed Deontay Foreman from the Panthers, the the team that DJ Moore came from, believe it or not. And then they drafted Roshan Johnson. I think he was a day three pick or day two? Day three. He was drafted in the fourth round. So he was a day three pick, um, but he he played behind uh, B. John Robinson, but he he still had some pretty decent uh, metrics. Um, in his own right, especially when it comes to, you know, breaking tackles. Um, he was praised for his pass blocking and, you know, he may be on the field on third downs. But overall, like last year, this offense didn't really pass the ball at all. Like they they were dead last in pass attempts, 378 total pass attempts last year, which is only 22. And even if they come up to like 500 pass attempts, um, that's like, you know, 29 pass attempts, a, a, you know, a, a, a game. So. Yeah, the, the the low pass volume, the low pass rate is the one thing that we look at with this team that obviously it, it you know, any kind of movement in the opposite direction would, would would be would be ideal. But you but you never know, right? You never know with these teams. But at least if they traded for DJ Moore, that signals that at least they want to pass the ball a little bit more. Yeah, so again, like if this if this team gets to from a goes from thirty second to twenty second. Um, they don't even have to be average. I mean, that is 
that is that is something that we would that we would like, right? That we would like for this team, especially trading for a wide receiver like DJ Moore. Um, but you know, that's the biggest thing. What do you what do you uh, see uh, from this team, especially with Justin Fields and their their pass volume for twenty twenty three? Um, you I would assume it goes up because you just traded for DJ Moore. I mean, he he's a guy that's showing his league that he's definitely more incapable of being the number one wide receiver on your team. Uh, this is also signaling a move like Justin Fields, like you need to do something this year or we're probably going to replace you. Uh, this is a regime that did not bring him in as quarterback, so they have they don't own him anything. So if he doesn't show any types of improvement in terms of the passing game, like passing wise, and you know they win in more games, then I mean he's gonna he's gonna get replaced. Uh, we we're we're seeing that just because you were a number one pick a few years back, that don't mean we can't double back and come back again and go draft somebody else that's uh, in your position and just have you watch. So. I just think that he needs to improve. They've given him the tools to do that. They, they've they upgraded the offensive line. They've had players that they drafted previous season now get healthy again. So it, it's on him, really, man. Just hopefully they trust him a little bit more than you know, the past the rock. So. Yeah, that's the thing. And when he and when he passes the ball, sometimes like he has he has some moments where he's throwing some some lasers, some ropes. Right. Mm-hmm. He has some he ha- he he can he can he can put the ball on the line at a given moment in time, especially, you know, going, the, you know, throwing the ball down the field and he's, te- you know, top 10 in air yards per attempt. So he can get the ball down the field. And he was a prolific passer at Ohio State. I just refuse to believe that he gets to the league and all that goes away and he just forgets how to pass the ball. And so, again, like we, we've seen we've seen this movie time and time again with these third year signal callers. They trade for a receiver. Look at Josh Allen. Look at Jalen Hurts. Look at Tua. Um, look at Dak in 2018 when he got Amari Cooper. His career was kind of on the ropes. If, if we're keeping it, if we're keeping it honest, uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of because he was throwing to the likes of Deontay Thompson and 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 Alan Hearns and, and Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams. Like his his receiving core was as bad as it gets. And then you get Amari Cooper and then look look what his numbers do. The following season, he has a career year. So again, we just have countless examples of this happening. And um, you know, a guy that finishes a QB six last year. Or I'm sorry. Finished at the QB five last year, going off the board as QB six um, in Justin Fields. Um, he had the second best rushing season ever behind Lamar Jackson in 2019, <laughs> and that and that and that's because he didn't have basically anyone of consequence to throw to. I like Darnell Mooney a lot, but he's not a number one. He's a number two. Cole Komet is a decent tight end, but he's not going to give you he's not going to give you that that many spike weeks. I mean, although there was a couple of times where Justin Fields was the QB1, if you remember those back-to-back weeks where he was the QB1 against Detroit and Miami, uh, Cole Komet was the tight end two and the tight end one, respectively, in those weeks because yep. he caught multiple touchdowns in each of those games. Yep. So I guess some their, 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 their spike weeks may go hand-in-hand, hand. <laughs> may, may, may not. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, think, I think ultimately it's, it's, it's all about Justin Fields he was he was a top ten quarterback in nine of his last ten games in twenty twenty two, and if he can just continue kind of that trend, because uh, again, like he he's he's an elite runner. Um, he had thirty nine percent of the carries inside the inside the five. Yes, he's a top five scramble rate, um, top top five in design run rate. Um, um, but the one thing we do have to you know we do have to caution you guys with Fields is that you know. Uh, you know, last year he had 28% of his dropbacks 
um, that did not result in, in, in a pass. Right. So you know what that means? It means he either ran or he got sacked. So um, so that's that could be that could be problematic because he did. He does take a lot of sacks. And the fact that he was only 19th in dropbacks, period, um, that speaks volumes. So if we can just have that number go up a little bit more, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, if especially if you upgraded a wide receiver. So any any final thoughts on Justin Fields before um, before we get to the running back room? No, just hopefully he improves from 149 and a half passing yards per game, man. Just that's just that's not gonna cut it, bro. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, but but if you if you have 1100 yards rush rushing to 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 account for that, yeah. Uh, so yeah. hey, I mean that we'll we'll and, I mean, again like an NFL quarterback having 149 yards passing per game, especially a guy as talented as Justin Fields, I just don't see that repeating. I just don't. Yeah. Like I just I just don't see that repeating. Can you um, guess who was re- barely in front of him with 152.7 passing yards per game? Who was in front of him? Yeah, who was so Justin Fields had the lowest, and this guy had the second lowest passing yards per Marcus game. Marcus Mariota. No, Brock Purdy. Are you? Oh, okay. Well, I mean that 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 doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. But um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, because people were talking about how you know Brock Purdy was just you know this the reason why the 49ers offense was going late in the year he was throwing, scoring thirty plus points and all this other stuff. And I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that because I know you can go on the tangent. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyways. Yeah. You don't. Hey, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh. So anyway. So going on. So going to the running back room. Uh, this is a this is effectively an ambiguous backfield. It's probably going to be led by Khalil Herbert. He's going off the board at RB forty, pick one nineteen. And then you have Deontay Foreman, RB48, and Roshan Johnson, the rookie out of Texas, at RB51. What I've been seeing in drafts is that Roshan Johnson is actually going before Deontay Foreman. So I see, I see Deontay Foreman going, going last. So the ADPs are, 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 pretty, are pretty strange because it, it's basically reversed in almost every draft that I've been in. I've seen Roshan Johnson go before him. So uh, at, least, at least in Khalil Herbert's case, he was actually better from an efficiency standpoint than David Montgomery last year. I mean, he's been top five in yards per carry and yards after contact per carry. Um, top 10 rate in this tackle, this tackles forest. Um, and, you know, his, he was the best running back in rush yards over expected in 2022. And so he's, he, he's a stud when it comes to running the ball. Um, the only thing that he did not beat David Montgomery in uh, from an efficiency standpoint was the missed tackles forest um, per attempt. Um, but he's not involved in the passing game. Neither is Deontay Foreman, and then Roshan Johnson is probably the guy that's that's projected to be more involved in the passing game. He's going to be in on third downs. I know they signed Travis Homer from Seattle. He's probably going to be a special teams guy, but he's a pretty good pass pass catcher or or someone that that can play third down. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he factors in. But any any quick thoughts on this backfield because you know they were 28th in expected fantasy points in 2022, so they weren't getting and that means like they weren't getting the pat they were getting the ball thrown to them and that was basically it i mean that's that's what gets you expected fantasy points is, is targets and they weren't getting the targets yeah so. last year clear herbert only had 10 targets this backfield period had 58 which was the lowest in the league so i know a lot of people are expecting roshan to be the guy that catch the ball okay if he is then what you're gonna need him to be on the field to you know to run the rock so like you said, this is very ambiguous. 
And Travis Homer, Travis Homer is a third down guy, man. Like he's a good pass blocker and he can catch the ball. So uh, I know a lot of people were hyped up on Khalil Herbert, but you're going to need him to you know, be very efficient running the ball because he's not going to get the ball through the air. So uh, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. These uh, it's it's tough to try to you know be confident in any one of these guys. You're, you're going to kind of have to see somebody go down and. And hopefully you have the right one, honestly. Yeah, and honestly, like with the with the ambiguous backfield like this, this is the kind of time where you do bet on the rookie running back. Yeah. Um, so if if I were to choose somebody out of this backfield, I would probably I, I think I have a lot more Roshan Johnson than I do Khalil Herbert. I do although I do like Khalil Herbert as a runner, but that's that's his floor, right? He's not gonna give you a much of a ceiling from uh, yeah. from a pure volume or opportunity standpoint. When it comes to running and running and uh, receiving, but I, I think Roshan Johnson kind of profiles as the guy that's that that can take a take a three down roll later in the season because you know yeah. it takes a long time for these rookie running backs to to, to kind of ramp up before yeah. they um, before they start you know taking off. Think of and you're gonna need and you're gonna need Justin Fields to not take forty percent of the carries inside the five on top yeah. of that. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, on to the wide receiver room. It's it's led by DJ Moore, who, who we talked about earlier. Um, he's he's just been he's just been really unlucky with the wide receiver, with the quarterbacks that he's played with throughout his career. Um, he's going off the board right now as a wide receiver twenty six, and I'll tell you right now, on underdog, he is my highest drafted wide receiver. So I I, I believe in his talent. Uh, he's he's shown an ability to command targets. Um, he just has not been able to convert them because of the quarterback situation that he's been in. Um, he's usually top top five in uh, unrealized air yards almost every year. If you if you just go to you know the metric of playerprofiler.com, he he's he's usually you know near the top of the league um, in in air yard share, um, deep targets like just just but he's usually outside of like the top fifty in catchable target rate. Um, but he produces. There's there's been stretches where he's been a wide receiver one. He's he's turned out a lot of wide receiver one weeks. Especially in 2022, but those those floor those floor weeks, or I'm sorry, those uh, those dud weeks, they were very 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 prevalent uh, last year because of the, the the quarterback wasteland that he was a part of. So um, that or that he was subjected to. So, um, but yeah, it's it's DJ Moore to to lead that that wide receiver room. Um, unfortunately, due to that QB wasteland that he's been a part of, he's been a wide receiver three or finished as a wide receiver three or worse. In four out of his last five seasons, or four out of his five NFL seasons, and so um, that that's just kind of one thing to monitor. But I think you know Justin Fields is obviously the most talented quarterback that he's played with so far in his career, and I think both of them they do need each other at this point <laughs> at this point in their careers. And I think they'll and I think they'll be a, a pretty good combination, at least a top ten combination in twenty twenty three. And you know that that'll. I'll, I'll say I'll save I'll save that for my uh, for for a bold prediction I I'll, I have for one of these two players when we do our bold prediction show in a couple of weeks mm-hmm, or a couple mm-hmm, of weeks mm-hmm. because you know you know how we did our bold prediction show last year mm-hmm. and how how we hit on how we hit on a couple of those things so yeah we're going I'm going back to the well with the Chicago Bears but I just haven't decided <laughs> yeah. who is it going to be Which, right um, any thoughts real quick on DJ Moore before I round out the rest of the receiver room. Nah, man. I mean, he's solid. He's gonna be the one. There's not really anybody else that should be competing with him. So, hopefully, he. Hopefully, they just throw the ball more. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. It's just it's it comes down to pass volume. For any of these guys to hit, it's just pass volume. Um, 
three three hundred seventy eight pass attempts is probably not going to happen again. But if he can get to five hundred, I think five hundred is is not is not out of the realm of possibility. At least five hundred, right? About thirty pass attempts a game. I think we can get. I think we can do something with that. I think that can be that can return some value. And then just rounding out this receiver room of uh, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver fifty nine at pick one twenty eight, Chase Claypool, wide receiver eighty nine at um, pick two ten. Um, you know, again, you know, Darnell Mooney's not a number one. He's he's best suited as a complimentary guy. We did see him in the second year have over eighty catches, nearly a thousand yards. So he had a he had a, a a mini breakout in year two, but the bottom fell out in year in year three. Um, he was injured, didn't didn't really wasn't able to produce that much. Um, we did hope for a breakout season, but it just did not materialize. And then they decided to trade a thirty second overall pick for Chase for Chase Claypool, and he was a dud. And he's and, and there's been some negative news surrounding him this off season. And so we'll we'll see how this receiving core uh, shakes out. But on paper, I mean, if you look at the names, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool, looks like a good, a really good receiving core on paper. It it does look like a really good receiving room, especially if they're all on and playing at their best. I mean, this is a pretty good receiving room, but there's a lot of question marks with Chase Claypool and whether or not his you know what what his desires are, and then Darna Mooney's ability to stay on the field and and, and stay healthy. And so, um, you know, I, I I've taken some shots on Darnell Mooney late in, late in underdog drafts because I I do I do like the player and I do like him as a complimentary piece. And anytime I've drafted Justin Fields, I try to make sure that I I can at least get Darna Mooney or I can at least get DJ Moore uh, to go to go um, to go alongside of him. Um, and what I've noticed in underdog drafts is that DJ Moore and Justin Fields are going right next to each other. So like pick forty seven and forty eight, I think, or forty eight and forty nine. So they're going like right next to each other. Um, so, but yeah, that this wide receiver room outside of DJ Moore, I mean, it's yeah, it's a good, it's a little dicey, a lot of question marks, a lot of yeah. question marks, a lot of yeah, question man. Marks. And Darnell Mooney was a guy we were really hoping for to break out last year, and it just didn't happen. So I learned the hard way. I know yeah. I learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then tight end Cole Komet, tight end sixteen. Uh, he is coming off of a career high eighteen percent target share, and he did lead the Bears in targets last year at sixty six, and he also led the Bears in receiving yards in twenty twenty two, which was pretty sad considering the fact that he had nine games of under thirty yards. <laughs> nine, nine games of under thirty yards, and so. Um, <laughs> But hey, I guess that's what happens when your quarterback is passing for 149 yards a game. And so, um, and then they, I mean, they signed Robert Tanyan from Green Bay. Okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Cole Komet tied in 16. Um, I mean, I, I've taken a couple of shots at him on underdog, but outside of that, I'm not, I'm not prioritizing him in drafts. And, you know, he, he, he's had, he, he, he was, look, he was tied in two and tied in one a couple of weeks last year couple spike weeks don't know how much of that how much of that we're gonna get going forward probably not much um but yeah this this receiver room we just need to see more pass volume and then they they should be they should be off and running yeah um basically i don't want anybody outside of fields and dj Moore until that running back room shows its its true colors honestly so oh breaking news I knew you were too. Go ahead. Breaking Go ahead. news. We just talked about the Detroit Lions not doing much at wide receiver. 
We did. They yeah. just they just traded for wide receiver Denzel Mims from the Jets. Well, there you have it. See, I spoke it into existence. I spoke it into existence. We wish they didn't more wide receiver. They did. That is a that is a good complimentary piece for Amon Ross St. Brown because Denzel Mims is very under is significantly underutilized, and we've seen him we've seen him turn in a couple of good games. I mean, look, this is a pretty good move for the Lions. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. And now you're gonna see him move shoot right up on underdog drafts. You're gonna see him. You're gonna see him drafted right now. Best ball mania. You're gonna see his ADP like skyrocket yeah he'll be going from he'll go from undrafted to like the 17th round yeah because detroit they've they have a void at at number two wide receiver they do until jameson williams gets uh you know gets out gets off from suspension so they don't have a number two guy that you can really rely on or that you feel confident in so this move this move is a good move it's an on-time move for him yeah we'll see we'll see what happens all right What's up, everybody? It's Ike from Off The Line Fantasy Football. I'm excited to announce that Destination Devi is partnering with Underdog Fantasy for the 2023 season. There's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason. But here's the best part. If you use promo code OTLFF when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. Let's talk Minnesota Vikings now. Uh a very exciting team in terms of passing wise. They were one of the they were one of the top top teams in terms of passing wise in the league last year. Um, the moves that they made, they drafted uh, Jordan Addison the first, somebody that uh, I like a lot. Who I thought the Chargers were going to get, but you know Minnesota said, "Nah, we we can come we can come and get them." They also drafted Dwayne McBride in the seventh. We'll see. Uh, they cut Dalvin Cook. You know. Not surprisingly, surprisingly, because they kept talking about it. Dalvin didn't want to restructure, and they cut him. And then they also cut Adam Thielen. We saw the writing on the wall for him. He was he was looking a little washed, um, and they were just like, yeah, let's. we need to get a little younger here. And then they also let Irv Walk Smith walk, obviously, uh, just somebody that just was never available, always hurt. So pass rate-wise uh, didn't change in terms of uh, – much in terms of game strip wise, they were fifth in neutral game script, trailing and leading. So they were always passing the rock, no matter what what time it was during the game. They used a lot of eleven per- personnel, which was seventy seventy three percent of their snaps, which was six last season. Um, I think this is the formation that a lot of teams are just going to be comfortable with, just because you can put three wide receivers out there and you can be a little more creative in terms of you know how many people you can put in the box to try to stop your run game or just know where you can line up some of your playmakers so uh any any thoughts about the moves that they made um i mean not not really i don't i don't really have any thoughts i mean i I wasn't surprised by by them cutting dalvin cook they've been signaling basically signaling it all offseason long and they i don't know what took them so long you know the, the, the waffling that they did uh just finally just 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 release him already and let him find another team but and which 
you know, Dalvin Cook is feeling what it is to be a light, you know, feeling what it is to be a running back in the NFL because he's not getting any suitors along with other free agents like Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette. And so, um, but, but the, the Jordan Addison pick, I was under the, I, I thought, I honestly thought they were going to draft Quentin Johnston because we talked about, we thought uh, Jordan Addison was going to go to the Chargers and Quentin Johnston was going to go to the Vikings. But it seems like they flipped. And I mean, I, I like, I like the fit because Jordan Addison walks into, you know, the, basically the Adam Thielen role and Adam Thielen had over a hundred targets last year. And he's going to be probably more efficient than Adam Thielen was last year. Adam Thielen had barely under or barely over or right around one yard per route run, which is putrid. And so I think Jordan Addison is going to eclipse that easily and, and, and be in line and eventually beat out uh, K.J. Osborne for the, the, the number two wide receiver uh, role. I'm excited for this offense just and Jordan Addison. Just I'm. Just excited. I can I can honestly say that. All right. And the, and the defense, the def- the, just real quick, then, and their defense is going to be yeah. bad. Like so, yep. they're going to yep. take a step back. They're going to be passing the yep. ball. Um, like I, you know, like you mentioned that from the outset, their pass rate didn't change regardless of game script. Right. They, mm-hmm. If they're trailing, if they're leading, if it's neutral, pass, pass, pass. Kirk Cousins, quarterback thirteen, right now underdog going one hundred and twelfth overall. He was QB nine last season. You know, third straight season of finishing top 12, very underrated quarterback. Fourth in passing yards per uh, per game, uh, passing yards overall, fifth in touchdowns. 9.2% of his throws were over 20 yards, which was 27th out of 36 eligible quarterbacks, which I was surprised about that. Um, and then 64% of his uh, catchable throw rate on deep targets over 20, 20 plus yards, which was fourth. Of course, Tua was first with 71%. <laughs> Oh man, Tua, Tua, Tua. All right, um, Kirk Cousins, you got any thoughts about about Mister Kirky? Well, I mean, he has the, he has the weapons that you like that you want. Um, you know, he uh, he continues to finish in the top twelve uh, as as fantasy quarterbacks. His, his you know the pass volume that he has, it's just it, it's it's always it's always near the top of the league. And then when it comes to his weapons, I mean, he has multiple top thirty six players being drafted. Uh, and that I think that's tied for the most um, in you know in, in fantasy right now. Um, he's been he's an enabled top fifteen receivers in three out of the last five years, and so he's 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 got weapons and I and I do like Kirk Cousins in in in, uh, in best ball and in, and in redraft this year. Um, he's you know he's he's a good he's a good option because again he has multiple top thirty six options at 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 each position. He has just obviously a Justin Jefferson who's the who's the one of one. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, tight end three, and then Jordan Addison, who's within the top thirty-six receivers. So, yeah, he's 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 got he's got weapons, and this is this is an offense that you want. This is an offense that you want. Alexander Madison, running back, nineteen, going sixtieth overall. So basically, he's going at the end of the fifth round. Be signed to the Vikings for uh, two years, seven million, six million guaranteed. When we saw this move, we assumed that that Madison was probably going to be the guy. And Cook was eventually going to get cut because he was cheaper, and he feel like he can do the same things. Uh, we did see him uh, last year carry the ball at thirty eight three point eight yards per carry, which was amongst the lowest in the league. One point four percent of his runs went for at least fifteen yards, so not explosive in terms of running the ball. One point four percent is, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. Thirty one percent missed tackles forced, but not really much in the passing game. Um, we did see him got 
in games that he was the lead guy, we've seen him be RB4, RB7, RB6, RB8, RB13, RB47. So four of those games, he needed 20-plus carries. As we know, he's a volume guy. You can just tell by 1.4% of his runs going over 15 yards. You need volume to for you to finish at RB4, RB7, RB6. You're going to need a lot of volume. Um, you also got Ty Chandler, who's in his second year. We didn't see him last year at all. He's probably going to be the passing the passing down back. And then we also got um, Dwayne McBride, who's a hammer. He didn't catch the ball at all in college. So five you know, total catches. Yeah, yeah. So any thoughts about you know this running back room? I'm from for me. I mean, Alexander Madison, he's cool, man. He's like he's he he carries a rock. I mean, people like him a lot, but. What makes him? I don't see what makes him any different from like you know B Rob, who's just a plotter. So, go ahead. I think I think he's slightly better than B Rob. Um, yeah, I think he's slight because because we've seen because we haven't seen B Rob finish as a as an RB four or an RB six or no, an RB eight no. or an RB thirteen. We haven't seen we haven't seen that from B Rob, and we probably won't see that from B Rob. But um, but with and, and with these finishes that Alexander Madison had. I mean, he didn't do it consecutive into consecutive games, right? And the one and, the, and another thing that that should concern you is that he was treated solely as a backup last year. Like he wasn't getting any any one B type touches. Like he was used solely as a backup. It was only if Dalvin Cook went out for an extended period of time he was being used. Other than that, he wasn't getting he wasn't getting carries. I don't think he got any game of over ten carries last year. So yeah. there that that should concern you, and I, and I think that. I think that you know you you have to look at the other running backs as potentially you know fit you know factoring in especially Ty Chandler who has who who has more uh, of of a you know a pass catching profile and has some athleticism and some explosiveness. You see, you saw him last year uh, flash a little bit in the preseason with some explosive runs, um, way more explosive than Al- than Alexander Madison. Um, I, I I don't like the price that we're seeing for Alexander Madison at RB nineteen. I just I'm out. I'm out on him on that. Um, you know, he's going ahead of Cam Akers, Damian Pierce, DeAndre Swift, uh, the aforementioned that we talked about earlier, David Montgomery. Uh, same range as J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Jones. I would much rather take all those guys over Alexander Madison. Even Rashad White, I would take over Alexander Madison. I know Alexander Madison is probably going to be on a really, really good offense uh, for fantasy for fantasy purposes, but when it comes to the talent and those those guys individually, I think they're just. They're 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 better equipped to have much better seasons um, than Alexander Madison, at least, at least in my opinion. Um, and just based on, if for if for nothing else, just based on the 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 athletic traits and the efficiency metrics uh, from a you know from a from a running back perspective, I, I I'm just not I'm just not really feeling. I don't think I have that much of Alexander Madison, and especially even in the early, even when the the Dalvin Cook cut was or was was speculated on. I wasn't even drafting a lot of Alexander Madison, and then once he got cut, I wasn't even I wasn't even touching it. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm good. yeah, because the price just jumped. It just jumped. Like you just saw him go from like the eighth round, which was kind of ridiculous, knowing that he wasn't ever going to touch the ball when Cook was on the roster. To him jumping to the end of the fifth, I'm just yeah, a three round picking, jump for a guy like that. It's just nah, not nah, not my bro. cup of tea, man. Nah, that's not that's not. If, that's not a great use of your draft pick, man, in my opinion. I don't want to get a plotter that doesn't catch the ball. Unless he's Derrick Henry, you know he's going to get 350 touches. 
Wide no. receiver. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think we can safely conclude that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wide receivers. Uh, real quick, there's 152 total available targets across running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. Majority of those came from Adam Thielen's departure. Don't need to even talk about Jettas. We already know who he is. He's one of one. You know, first first in yards, targets, receptions. 34% of his targets, he was the first read last year. He accounted for 38% of the team's passing yards. Just crazy, man. And third, and then third in NFL and air yard share. I think he, he also, just set enough a record for targets in a season. And he had 184 uh, last year. And so, I mean, I mean, why why can't he crest 200-plus targets next year? Like, is there is there any reason why he can't crest 200-plus targets? I don't think there's – I mean. He's, 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 just, he's, he's just that good, man. All right. Yeah. KJ Osborne, wide receiver 66, going 146 overall. Finished wide receiver 46 last year. Lasted three of his four games. He finished with at least 14 points, which was wide receiver eight for the last four weeks of the season. Uh, the metrics aren't really that good. 16% target share, target rate, yards per route run at 1.1. That's pretty putrid. He wasn't even he didn't even finish wide receiver three, but potentially, you know, his potential role can finish in that in that realm. But we'll see because of the next guy we're going to talk about, which is Jordan Addison, somebody that uh, we just talked about in terms of what he could do in this offense. Just a quick note, the last three years, we've seen 16 first round wide receivers that that played at least 10 games and only four of those finished with less than 750 yards of rookie season which would put you around wide receiver 36 territory. So wide receiver three territory. So we've already talked about the pass volume in this offense. They pass regardless of what, what kind of game script they got going on. So this would lead me to believe that, you no, know, we like KJ Osborne, but I mean, they spent the draft capital on Jordan Addison. We expect him to be the, the wide receiver two at some point on this team. And I I mean I would assume for me that he can reach the 750 yards easily and be at least a wide receiver three. So his price up going at wide receiver 37, 72 overall makes makes sense to me. I need uh, to, I need to draft more Jordan Addison. I I need to draft more. I need to find a way to get more Jordan Addison on my best ball squads. And uh, this is the this is the push that people that you know we start making around this time of year, start pushing for for more drafts. I think right now I'm at, I'm at like 122 drafts. I'm probably gonna get to close to like 200 by the Damn, end. Damn, man! You, I, I took I took like a, a week break. I I need to get back on. I didn't realize you're already past past one a uh, hundred plus, man. I need oh, to yeah, catch we, up. Hey, hey, we ain't messing around, right? Yeah, I need, we ain't messing I around need to catch over here. Up. We ain't I messing need to around. Catch up. So I need I'm to sitting, get more. I'm, I need to get more Jordan Addison on my squads. As a matter of fact, to show my Let's see my exposure to Jordan Addison. Let's see where we at. I'm sitting at 82 right now. Yeah, I have only drafted him at five percent. Yeah, it's not good. Not good. We need more. We need more. But you know, if we go back to 2021 at um when whenever he's at Pitt, 100 catches, 1593 yards, and 17 touchdowns. He was a mega producer, and you know, going early than that in 2020, he had he was an 18 18 year old. Uh, he he was a breakout at 18 years old, so 95th percentile breakout age. The guy has the guy has some you know elite production metrics. Um, his his athleticism is 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 lacking. It's is lacking quite a bit. 
Um, he didn't he didn't test well. But his his best comparable player, according to PlayerProfiler.com, is Deontay Johnson, and he's a pretty good wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I, but I like I like Jordan Addison a lot. Uh, but that that's the that's the guy um, outside of Jefferson that I like in this receiving core. KJ Osborne. I mean, I, I honestly think he's being overdrafted in where he's where he's being drafted late. He's being overdrafted. I think he should be like a, a, a like a last round pick kind of guy, based on his profile, based on his production, um, based on those you know the target rates and the yards per route run being eighty six and eighty fifth respectively. In the NFL, I think he should be late, later, much later um, in drafts. And so, TJ Hawkinson, tight end three, going 53rd overall. He was finished tight end two last season. We saw him, you know, the breakout that we were hoping for, you know, last year, the year before. I mean, it took for him to get traded to the Vikings for that breakout to actually happen because it wasn't going to happen in Detroit, um, as we have already talked about how low percentage-wise that they throw to the tight end. Uh, we saw him have a career in, in receptions, targets, in yards, number two in targets, number three in air yards share, and number two in end zone targets for tight ends. Um, no, he just smashed last season. Um, but for me, my question is, do you do you have confidence that he's going to repeat this, knowing that they've added, they've added, you know, uh, Addison in the mix? Um, and this is really the first time we've really seen Kirk Cousins, you know, really just hyper target a tight end because that's not what he, that's not his MO in his career. So do you have confidence that, you know, TJ Hawkinson can keep up and, you know, have again, repeat like a tight end three, a tight end two type of season? Um, I mean, he he, he can he can he can definitely be a top five guy. I, I know when he first got to when he got to finally got to Minnesota. He was around 8.6 targets a game, which was on par with Travis Kelsey for the 2022 season. So I, I think he can maintain a top five. But if you just if you look at his, you know, his underlying metrics like targets per outrun and, and, and target share and things like that, I mean it's kind of in line with what he's been doing with, you know, throughout his career anyways. So he just had, you know, just kind of had some uh some 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 more spike weeks. Uh, more often a little bit more often in 2022 so if you just kind of just look at everything in totality i mean it's kind of the same guy for the most part it's just had a he just had a, a much better year than he had in previous years i mean that's that's all it is right so i think yeah i think yeah for sure top five i mean if we're looking at top three top two i mean a, a full a full season of a healthy mark andrews no 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 chance right no chance uh, <laughs> but you know he can he can flirt, he can he can flirt with that top five for sure. He could still be in the top five. Yeah, as long as he gets over that 80, 80 uh, target threshold for tight ends, then you have a, a great chance of finishing tight end one, you know, territory for sure. So I agree with you there. So that is the Vikings. All right, last team where we will talk about today to close things out is the Green Bay Packers. They are a team in transition. They traded uh, their franchise. Their franchise quarterback Aaron Rodgers, after 16 years, 17 years, um, with the team uh, to the New York Jets, and they they also lost Randall Cobb, they lost Alan Lazard, and they lost Robert Tanyan, um, but they did draft uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed and tight end Luke Musgrave in the second round, and they also drafted athletic tight end from South Dakota State Tucker Craft in the third round, and so uh, with these moves. Um, this signals that they want to help Jordan Love succeed. They also re-signed Jordan Love to a one, I think, a one-year deal with, with mm-hmm. like thirteen million dollars. Um, 
until he's only thrown what 86 career passes and he got a 13 million dollar deal so hey, i mean look <laughs> get 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 paid player get played get paid right get paid and you know that brings us to the biggest question like you know what the hell is jordan love we don't know right we we don't know what jordan love is um I know the the offensive philosophy with Green Bay, you know, over the last three years with uh, with with Mike uh, with uh, Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, at least from 2020 to 2022, they ran at a very very slow pace. They were bottom five in all in all basically all three years. Um, but if you take it a year for uh, a year before that, you take a three year sample size in 2019 to 2021, their pass rate are expected. Um, they were in the top ten in all three years, so they're not going to run a ton of plays. But they're gonna pass the ball a little bit more than expected. So I would, at least for me, I would suspect that they're gonna lean a little bit more on the run game and lean, lean a little bit more on the running backs, uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who, who we'll talk about in depth here in a little bit. Um, but with regards to Jordan Love, I mean, we just we just don't have much to go off of because we've only seen him have three extended appearances since being drafted in 2020, and. Like what? What are what are your thoughts on 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 what you see for this team and uh, their offensive philosophy and what Jordan Love you know pro- kind of projects to do in twenty twenty three? I mean, you pretty much said it. I think they're going to run a lot of twelve personnel, have a lot of two tight ends. You know, want to run the ball a lot since they are one of the slower teams in the league in terms of running pass plays. Um, early, early, they're definitely going to lean on the run game. Maybe you might, uh, you know, throw in some play action just to, you know, get him comfortable. Um, but I don't expect I don't expect too much. I don't expect him to blow the doors off fantasy wise at, at all, um, especially with the weapons that they have. They're pretty young everywhere, so I just think that Aaron Jones should see he should see a lot of targets and see a lot of touches. So. Yeah, they do have a pretty young wide receiver core. I think they have one of the youngest receiving cores in the league with. You know, Christian Watson, second year, Romeo Dubs, second year, Jaden Reed, rookie. And then you don't even know who else is, to be honest. You don't even know who else is back there. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, so uh, running back room, it's it's uh it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, right? It's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones is the RB seventeen. Uh going off the board of the RB seventeen, pick fifty one, and AJ Dillon is the RB thirty four, pick one oh two. Um, and I, I think I think I, I can speak for all of us when I say that we've been really frustrated with the usage of Aaron Jones. We've talked about it ad nauseum for many, many years. But, but the guy, but Aaron Jones continues to finish as a top 10 running back every single time, every single year. He has four straight top 10 finishes and in four straight times finishing second in targets on the team. Like even despite all this usage, uh, these usage, these usage issues, um, for some reason they like to deploy you know, AJ Dillon. And I, I just, I just don't get it sometimes. I just don't understand. Um, but I think this year, and, you know, and, and I was actually looking on, on Twitter the other day and I saw that uh, someone made a, made a good point with, uh, with Aaron Rodgers audibling, especially when uh, Aaron Jones is in the game, they audible to like a pass. And then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers gets like a cheap red zone touchdown pass as opposed to handing the ball off to Aaron Jones. And it would just basically vulture Aaron Jones' uh, touchdown opportunities from him. I think now that you have a younger quarterback, I think the the, the younger quarterback is not going to have 
as many audible opportunities or is be, or he's not going to be as willing to audible. So you're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more opportunities in the red zone for Aaron Jones, at least, at least, at least, uh, at least in my opinion, he's going to get a lot more high value, a lot more high value touches. And that's, you know, basically touches inside the 10 um, plus targets. So thoughts on this backfield really quick. Uh, I agree with you. We should see Aaron Jones again, finish at least second in targets again. I I would hope I assume uh, I think RB 17 is pretty it's pretty cheap. He should be. I think Very he should cheap. be RB eleven, RB twelve. I mean, I'm seeing people like, you know, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker in front of him. Give me Aaron Jones. Yeah, give me Aaron Jones in front of all of them, even above Brees Hall, who's still trying to recover from give that me, knee Give injury. me Aaron Jones. Yeah, I just believe this is going to be his last year with the Packers, and you know, just ride him out, man. Just you don't got <laughs> what, what? No, no need to hold him back. Let, let's just let's get everything that we can get out of him. So, so real um, quick, comparing comparing Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So, per fantasy points data, missed tackles per attempt. Aaron Jones ranked number six. Aaron, AJ Dillon ranked fortieth. Yards after contact. Aaron Jones ranked ninth at three point two six. AJ Dillon ranked twenty third at two point eight three. Explosive run percentage. Explosive run rate. Runs of fifteen plus yards. Aaron Jones was sixteenth. AJ Dillon was 35th. Why does this guy get so much work over Aaron Jones sometimes? Like why? <laughs> why? You know, oh, it, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um his missed tackle forced rate of 0.2 was 56 out of 64th qualifying running backs. He's not a good receiver. His uh you know, a, a 0.82 yards per route run of 15% targets per out run i mean you you tell me i mean rb34 i mean i'll i'll take brian robinson over aj dillon <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, let, me, let me not go that yeah, far. But... <laughs> yeah let me not let me not go that far let me not go that far i mean both of those guys are aren't very i mean aren't very aren't very, very appealing those are those are two of my you know fades um those, those are basically those are two of my big fades uh, for for the 2023 season, but yeah, I, I'm just I, I just don't get it with AJ Dillon. Um, they just need to stay away. Um, and then just last thing on this backfield, if you look at there's a there's a chart that I that I saw the other day, rush yards over expected in EPA from 2008 to 2022. You want to be at the far right of the graph, right? You know, you see all these analytical graphs, yeah, right? You want to be the top you, top right hand of the graph. You want to be yeah. on the top. You want to be the furthest to the top right. Aaron Jones was the furthest to the top right. Mm. And then slightly below him was Jamal Charles, Jamal Charles. And slightly to the left of him was Nick Chubb. And then it's everybody else like jumbled. Um, mm-hmm. I'll share that. I'll share the chart on Twitter or I'll retweet it um, for so you guys can see it. But it is it is ridiculous how how much better he is from from a rush yards over expected standpoint um, than 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 the rest of the field. Um, so just moving on to the wide receiver room, um, there's really not much to, to discuss outside of Christian Watson. He's the wide receiver 21 going at pick 41 um, over on underdog. Um, but he was super efficient last year. Uh, he was first in fantasy points per target. Um, to, uh, and he had a 2.26 yards per route run, which is 11th. His targets per route run was 20, uh, 24%. Um, and he was also number one in target premium. So um, his efficiency was was off the chains. and it 
got kickstarted with that three touchdown game against Dallas, unfortunately. Um, and he, 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 he torched, he torched them. And that, that, that basically set off a, a touchdown streak that he had of like eight, eight touchdowns over like a four or five game span, which was absolutely insane. And so I, I think, I think uh, Christian Watson, obviously he's the alpha and he's going to be, um, he's going to be in line for, for, uh, for uh, another jump in year two. What do you think about Christian Watson? Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the one by default. Um, I mean, you already said he, how he destroyed the Cowboys, uh, Anthony Brown specifically. Um, yeah. I, I, in terms of yards per route room, again, we'll see how, how aggressive they'll allow Jordan Love to be. Cause I mean, Anytime you saw the ball being thrown deep, it was going to Christian Watson. So we will see what they do there. Um, I mean, he is he is like a big play magnet. So um, we'll see we'll see what what happens. But he will be the guy that gets the premium touches in terms of you know the red zone looks for sure, um, and probably be the deep the deep threat guy. Yep, and then just kind of round out this receiver room. We got Romeo Dubs at wide receiver fifty-five, Jaden Reed at wide receiver seventy-three. Um, you know, th- not really much to discuss with these guys. I mean, they're we'll probably see Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson um, uh, two wide receiver sets, and if they're going to be three wide receiver sets, depending on how often they want to do that, we'll see Jalen Jaden Reed work more primarily out of the slot because that's where he was working in in camp early on. Uh, mini camp and uh, mini camp and OTAs. That's where he was working um, primarily. Um, but they, there were some positive reports about Romeo Dubs being the favorite target in mini camp. We'll see if it translates uh, here in, in the next week or so when they whenever they start training camp. But I'm not, I'm taking I'm taking that report with a grain of salt. Um, but I'm probably taking more Jaden Reed um, than that I am that I am Romeo Dubs. I mean, Jaden Reed was an early breakout age had an early breakout age. And has a draft capital, so I think at some point during the season he's going to have uh, a, a bigger role than Romeo Dubs because Romeo Dubs is just kind of just a guy out there. Then that's just you know he's okay. He's he, he'll give you some some usable weeks, um, but I think uh, Jaden Reed is the superior talent. And then this tight end room is it's 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 two rookies. It's it's just Luke Musgrave and it's Tucker Craft. Musgrave and they they both have draft capital. Uh, Tucker Craft was is was pretty athletic coming out of school. Um, but I don't really project too much coming out of this this tight end room. We'll have to just see it unfold. We'll just have to see it unfold because you know it, it's 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 a it's a situation that I'm avoiding personally in fantasy. Um, before I thought maybe hey maybe I can just take Tucker Craft a little bit on the back end because he's more athletic. But ultimately, it's it's really not worth it to to, to invest in any of these tight ends. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree the same. Uh, Musgrave. He was always hurt in college. Like he had the one year, but he was even hurt on that one year. I, I like Tucker Tucker Craft a little bit more. He was much more athletic, a little bit bigger. So, but overall, I'm not touching. I'm not touching either one of those. Uh, and in the wide receiver room, outside of Christian Watson, I don't really trust anything else. So, it's not really much here except for Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. That's it. That is it. That is yeah. that is basically it. And just lasting on Aaron Jones um, since 2019. Players with at least 4,000 rush yards and 1,500 receiving yards. Do you know who's on this list? Uh, Do you know how many players are on this list? How many players are on that list? I would yeah. say since 20... Since 2019, there are players with 
fourth out of there, there are players with four thousand rush yards and fifteen hundred receiving yards. How many people say, are on this list? I would say four. You are wrong. There's only one person on this list, and it is oh. Aaron Jones. <laughs> that concludes the Green Bay Packers. Gene, <laughs> take it away. All right, so uh, we are at the end of the show. Of course, we've been talking underdog DP, so it'd be remiss for us not to talk about you know playing on underdog. If you have not signed up on underdog, you can use our promo code OTLFF. Anyone that signs up. Depend, uh, deposits $10, gets a, a year-long subscription to the Destination Discord where we talk about strategy, tips, you know, roster construction, everything under the sun to talk about underdog and try to you know, take down one of these tournaments. If you deposit, it's a 100% match up to $100. Again, OTLFF is that promo code. They still got the weekly winners tournament, plenty of spots. Best Ball Mania is not even at 50%. They got the Slow Puppy. Five dollars if you if you want to get into that, but it's the slow. The fast puppy just filled. Oh, uh, the fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You got the master for for the big ballers. You know, a thousand dollars an entry. Uh, so, you know, they got anything that you want, anything you need, however you you want to you know draft. They got it for you as we prepare, getting closer closer to to the the regular season. Uh, make sure you tap into the all gas newsletter. Drops every Friday. All good stuff from every every creator that's part of under the destination Devi umbrella. Uh, you can follow us on follow us on Twitter off the line FF. You can follow Ike at just underscore Ike09. You can follow me at Fantasy Jeans. That's G E N E S. And uh, you know I don't got anything else. Ike, you got anything? Nah, this is a fun episode, fun division to talk about. Um, yeah, man, it was, it, I, I look forward to to doing these with you and and. And appreciate the people, you know, tapping in, tapping, tapping in with us every week, and, and listening to us spew nonsense yeah. <laughs> each and every week. Uh, we appreciate y'all tuning in. So next week we're gonna do the AFC South. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it, I, I like these these fun division previews to kind of get you guys geared up for the fantasy season. And with training camp on the horizon, yeah, it, it's it's it, it, it's 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 time. It's time. It is time. All right. On that note. We will haul y'all. Y'all be safe and, you know, we'll be back next week. Peace.